This episode is brought to you by Auto Trader. Look around. What do you see? Cars. Lots of them. And guess what? They're probably on Auto Trader. Whether you're into timeless classics or the latest trends, if you see it on the road, you can likely find it on Auto Trader. New, used, electric, and one day, maybe even flying cars. See a car? Find it on Auto Trader. Visit autotrader.com to learn more. Okay, if we're going to recreate this old pic of us that mom posted, we've got to get the outfits right. Well, for some reason, I can't find gauchos with a matching shrug anywhere. Let me try on my Samsung Galaxy S24 Ultra. I just use the S Pen to circle the outfit in the post, and bam, five sites to buy it from right here. Shut up! How did you... You shut it. Mom's coming. Cute outfit. Get me one. <laughs> circle it, find it. With the new Galaxy S24 Ultra and circle the search with Google. Upgrade now at Samsung.com. Internet connection required. Results may vary based on visuals. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman scars Mars! They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey everybody! What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghoul. And guess what, Jackie? What? It's a family affair. It's wow. Yet another it's a family affair. Yet another takeover. <laughs> That's right. The coast stalls. You gotta watch out, man. Yeah. You see, once you let one of us in, it's like vampires. <laughs> you want because the whole thing. <laughs> because sitting at our table today, we have. Uh, Joseph Costal. Yo. Yep. Hi. Hi. Um, you can find Joey. I'm back. Oh my God. Yeah. Why are we? Yeah. You don't need to. We don't need to plug. No. I'm practically one of the ghouls. Let's not get crazy. Okay. Let's not. Let's not get crazy. Ghouls here. just want to have fun, Marissa. We do, as my sign says. Um, he. You can find him at JoeCostal.com, where all of his writing and musings and other things are. We also have with us arguably the coolest Costal I know. Um, Charlie. Arguably? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, look at his hair. He's got high school kid hair. I know you guys can't see it, but the hair is pretty cool. It's good. Yeah. yeah. We'll have to supposed to link. <laughs> He's the hipster coast He is. He's the, 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 cool, the cool tan and smell yeah. coast um, he's going to be way too cool for us soon, so we might as well. And joining us for the first time ever, I'm really excited. She only watched one of the movies because, you know, I mean, what does she look like? She's got better things to do. Is my mother, Rosemary Costal. Yeah, you got to watch a water bottle. what's up? Oh, hey, you can't just steal my, oh. what's up, mom? <laughs> <laughs> get your, oh yeah. I love how you're like, oh my God, I'm so happy my mom's here. And they're like, get your own shit. intro. Get your shit together, mom. <laughs> How quickly, how sharply that fell. It's so awesome, my mom's here. Yo, don't say what's up, that's my line. We keep it real. I knew I heard that somewhere. <laughs> and if you're gonna say it, you gotta say it right, you gotta be like, what's up? Go ahead, Bob, do it. You know what? We don't need you, Wait, you know, we say timeout. We're still gonna talk. <laughs> we need to talk. Yeah, after a day with us, Jackie, you're not, that joke's gonna be way less funny. Um, so tonight, ironically, we are here to talk about Muy Serioso movies. Yeah. Yeah. No joking around tonight, Jackie. Get your act together. <laughs> I know. She's been trying all week to, like, reconcile with the fact that tonight we're going to be a little more serious than usual. More serious than usual. Yeah. Because tonight we are talking about the Jordan Peele canon of Get Out and Us. Mm -hmm. We think it's a great time to talk about it. I also want to say that 
for this episode, I am going to plug two uh, organizations that I think everybody should go check out. Everybody should give them a little donation if you can. That's the American Civil Liberties Union at ACLU.org. And also I like fairfight.com, which is all about getting minorities out to vote. They particularly need votes in Georgia right now. That's where they're really focusing their energy. Go out, check out these websites, see if you can help. Give them a little dough if you've got some. And remember that we are here to fight the good fight and uh, keep up the Black Lives Matter movement as much as we can. With that being said, we are a bunch of Latinos and a white girl sitting around talking about uh, black black issues in America, race issues. So we know our place and we know that we're just doing the best we can here. And we are going to tread as lightly as possible because we realize it only goes so far how much we can understand. Absolutely. Yeah. And oh, I forgot a bunch of, and two white girls because my mom's a white girl too. So you got okay. you got an ally today. Yes, <laughs> Here we go. Right. She's a nice Italian, just like you. Just like she you. gets her pocketbook mm-hmm. and she goes out. <laughs> <laughs> she gets her pocketbook and she goes to the Olive Garden because right. when you're down here, you're family. Right. <laughs> right. Forget about right. it. Right. All right. So you guys want to start with Get Out? We'll yeah. go chronologically. Charlie's like, it's ex- I feel like you're like at the little kid table because you're sitting in chairs so much lower than us. That's, <laughs> That's appropriate. Second time I've been here where the whole, the gaping hole of Jackie's synopsis is just so apparent to oh, me. Oh, God. The, the oh, time God. that would have been known as Jackie's synopsis. Because we, we don't have we 45 have, minutes. We, <laughs> I won't say a word. That's I'm, a lie. That's a blatant lie. <laughs> you, <laughs> I miss it so much. Do you really? Yeah, I do. It had a jingle at one point. Now it's not even part of the show. Yeah. How do you go from jingle segment to no segment at all? I know you haven't listened in about four years. No, I listen. Oh, I listen when I'm on. Oh. <laughs> I listened to the last episode. <laughs> you guys are dirtbags. I'm um, like, I just sit there going, mm-hmm, he's so, right. That guy's that always guy, right. That guy knows what he's talking about. He really elevates it's the like show. Like he's in my head. All right, sorry. No, it's fine. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk. Get out first. Okay. All right. Okay. 2017, this written. is the directorial debut. Yeah, written and directed by Jordan Peele. Yeah. Who knew he was more than just the guy from Key and Peele? <laughs> the guy from Key and Peele at no, that time, right? right? Yeah. So it's always, it's always interesting to me when you get somebody like that who's known for comedy, and then you're sitting there in an interview, and he's like, well, yeah, kind of, I, I love the horror genre. It's my favorite. I've always wanted to make a horror movie. I mean, look at Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood uses all of his Lord of the Rings money to make, be it good or bad, make horror movies because that's what he likes best. And it's nice that he's really embraced looking like a serial killer too. To really <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Wait, him? Are we talking about Elijah, Elijah Wood? Wood? Oh, oh he's yeah. straight up got a serial killer vibe for reals. <laughs> oh, it's the eyes. <laughs> but yeah, no, when these celebrities that are known for one thing that you find out, you know, embrace the horror genre as their favorite. All right. So get out. I mean, if uh, should we synop- I mean, people know this movie, right? You've yeah. seen it. Um, Mom, how would you synopsize Get Out? <laughs> this should be the new segment. This is going to be interesting. Mom's synopsis would be a hit. Go ahead. Right now? Yeah. Get the grid out live. See what happened once. <laughs> this is the movie mm-hmm. where... Fantastic. Go ahead. <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines horror movies. Once in a great while, a film comes along, Mom, that changes the way we think about it. No, you know what? That's not fair. We were on the spot, and that's not fair. I have notes and everything. Yeah, that's not fair. I'm still trying to remember. All right, let's start. Let's start. So the so the movie is is designed. 
to make you forget that you see the most pivotal murder in the very in the first few minutes, right? Correct. Because you forget when you go into the life of the other characters that you actually watch the one character, right? I mean, you watch yeah, that one. Yeah. I'm blanking on characters. Name, but he gets murdered. Andre gets murdered in the first few minutes of the movie. Correct. But then you're so engaged in this story, uh, you know. You're going, uh, you know, interracial couple, going to see the white parents for the first time, and then they hit that deer, and there's that awesome scene with the interaction with the police officer. Oh, my God, yeah. Which is, I think, exactly what this movie does well, is it, like, innovates the tropes so well, right? Because, Mm -hmm. spoiler alert, Allison Williams' character is no one to trust. Right, oh, my (laughs) God. What a great statement on fake allies, bro. Like, fake allies, right. She so is the she, epitome of a fake right. ally. And a fake But feminist. you don't know what you're watching yet. <laughs> no, no clue. Right? So you are designed to be impressed by, by her comforted liberalism. by her <laughs> liberalism. You're comforted by her feminism. You're comforted by what seems to be a very pro- aggressively, pro- aggressively progressive attitude towards the police, right? Where it's not enough for her that they ask for right, like um, her here. boyfriend's uh, ID mm-hmm. for no reason, which actually happened to me a couple times. Have you ever been in a car where the cops ask for the passenger's yeah. identification? All the, okay, yeah. All the time. I always do. No, I don't know that they, no, they always, always do. do. <laughs> oh, let me stop you here. You run around town with a shady ass Latino known as better known as dead. So you have to always go around Here it comes. It's scary. Yes. When we got yes. stopped by the cops, they asked me for my driver's license. Well, you're shady too. That's not so weird. When, how long ago was that? Eighty years ago. <laughs> no, so okay. Before we jump into all that, though, I want to kind of pump the brakes here and start at the very beginning, which is that. Well, first of all, I wanted to talk a little bit about Blumhouse because I didn't know how big they are on getting minority voices out there, especially in horror, and how um, Jason Blum really is going out of his way to find and make movies for people of color, which I think is really awesome. Um, he also called out Trump and was like, "Every white character in this movie is a direct statement on Donald Trump." And I was like, damn, you go, boy. Um, so I kind of like that they're kind of very aggressive about that. He also talked about his time time with Harvey Weinstein in the article I read, which really creeped me out because apparently, like, Weinstein would, like, put out his cigarettes on the guy, um, which is yeah. just terrible. Like, And he claims to, like, have no idea about the race, like, the sexual stuff, which everybody claims, but and I don't know how much I believe them. But, right, but and, that, and that's a Pandora's box, right? It's like, who sure. are allowed to like now because of the Harvey yeah. Weinstein thing? And, yeah. But... Blum got in trouble too, though, mm-hmm. he right? Did, just recently, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I'll let you. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I'm interested in your take on that. Well, so I don't know. I, I I think that we're at a point where old Hollywood is slowly dying, and all of these people now have to be held accountable for their actions. And I think it's a good thing. I do think Jason Blum, for the most part, is an ally. But again, I think yeah, I think it's they all grew up in the world of the Weinstein. They all grew up in the eighties, like the nineties and early two thousands Hollywood, which was still very much old Hollywood in my my opinion. So like now all these mofos are getting held accountable, and I think it's delightful. Let them not be scummy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he got he's he got in trouble for saying that he couldn't find yeah female directors, female directors specifically in the horror genre, genre. Right. and I felt like being like. South Jersey, <laughs> where are we at? Because I know, and, and you know, like he tried so hard to backtrack on it, and then he he did he did right by Candyman by finding a black female director for it. But I definitely feel like everybody still calls it Jordan Peele's Candyman, so there's yeah. still a whole, and that's why I can't wait to get into Us because Us really gets elevates the notion of the black female in horror. And so I, like, you know, I, and I, know bless you, bless you, I, and I blame that on the fact that they're advertising it. As Jordan, Jordan Peele's Peele's Candyman. Right. Candyman. 
right. you shouldn't be advertising it as Jordan Peele's Candyman. Because how many times does the writer of the script get the billing over the title? You know, like, it, I'm not trying to say anything against Jordan Peele, but you're not Stephen King, and you're not John Carpenter. So yeah, your right. name should not right. be above it, especially no, when you're taking it away from... A woman of color. And I got three little words for you for how we know how bad that could go. M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Because that guy was riding that same two-movie wave. Right. Started yeah. pre-billing everything. Yeah. And then yeah. what happened? But I got to be honest. I think Mia DaCosta is the is the uh, woman who directed Candyman. It looks good as heck. Like, oh, I yeah. We got to wait to see. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think Jordan Peele is going to fall into that trap. But anyway... Let's jump back into the film. You know, well, you know, let me let me just say that I don't necessarily blame him for that. I don't think Jordan Peele no, is walking no, into the no, office no. going, make sure it's Jordan Peele's Candyman. I think the advertising company and I think probably the studio is riding off of the name Jordan Peele right. and, and wanting to call right. it Jordan Peele's Candyman, right. which is, that's where the fault is. And listen, if I'm Nia DaCosta, I'm like, okay, cool. Jordan Peele, like, this is Jordan Peele's movie too. I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure she doesn't look at it as a slight to her. I mean, she's at the table. She's directing this huge movie. That's going to be, I think, a really big hit. I think she's just as okay with it as, you know, like we're probably the ones who are making a big deal out of it. I think the film industry too is falling into a trap that lots of industries are falling in. And that is, is that they're overlooking the devastation of tokenism and how people of color don't always want to necessarily be the person of color you brought in and how painful that overrepresentation is. For instance, I'll say this, for example, I I said for years, I can't find good. I, I, I can't find teachers of color. I certainly can't find male teachers of color. Yeah. And when I do, they don't want to work for my district. No, they don't. And and people would used to get mad at me, like, well, what are, why aren't you, you know, what are you doing to get them to to see our district differently? And I'm like, we have to change, change. ourselves before I can get people yeah. to see us differently. You can't just market to someone, hey, oh no, You're no, it's not gonna be that yeah. way. But you just ask the one black person in the room how they feel about this issue, and they have to speak to it. Mm-hmm. Like, so yeah. you know. Hollywood's in that place now, and, and in a way, it's a good thing because I think this conversation will beget the dichotomy between like real change, where people of color are in charge and making projects at work and are employing people of all walks of life because they have control over over projects. That it's that control that has to change, not just we find we we elevate one or two people to satisfy the social trend and then we move on. Um, so yeah, getting back to the movie, Allison Williams' character is by far one of my favorites because so good. she's such a great villain. Um, and I'm going to call to my absolute favorite scene of her where she has the milk and the Fruit Loops in separate containers, which is so symbolic and was so on purpose. And she's dunking her little Fruit Loops into the milk because she can't mix. She can't mix the two. Right. Cause it's, uh, and that's white girl stuff, right? right that is, is white girl shit okay. right there. Yeah. Okay. No, oh, I'm, I'm going to Am I allowed to say that? Okay. You guys I'm, can tell me if I'm, I'm not gonna allowed. I'm going to tell you. Okay. The whitest thing I've ever seen is her listening to I've Had the Time of My Life. <laughs> I know. That's a <laughs> great don't, scene. And don't get me wrong. I love me some dirty dance. I was going to say, I'm like, wait a minute. I that one really throws me because <laughs> this one, no one, no one loves dirty yeah. dancing more yeah. than you. Yeah. So, <laughs> she does her kind of dancing with a great yeah, partner. That's right. That's right. Don't put me in a corner, Jackie. Okay. <laughs> Don't put me in a corner because I'll tell you one thing. I love how white I own the white dancing. I Let's talk about my guilt. About being so white in this Sure, you were about movie. to say, listen, Jackie, <laughs> I, love I love how white I am, okay? <laughs> okay, that's a good stuff. <laughs> no, I'm gonna, 
100% gonna talk about my guilt of passing as white in, in the next movie. But in this movie, I'm gonna talk about the fact that she is the perfect villain because, like, so many, like, she just is such a great symbol for all of the fake allies, the fake, and the people out there, like the casual racism and the microaggressions that we, like one of the most perfect quotes I read that Jordan Peele said when he was like, when I grew up white people, and it's still true today, white people feared werewolves and vampires and monsters, black people feared white people. And that's the most poignant, this horror works so well, because number one, you watch that scene in the beginning and you're like, oh yeah, the black guy gets it first. What a great statement on how horror has treated minorities, but also just America, everyday America. What's so scary about Get Out is that this is the reality for all of these people yeah, and all minorities in America. And Jackie, if you don't mind, I'm going to talk to the point that you were like, I feel like I don't get to say anything here. And I was like, nah, you're a woman in America. Yeah. If you were walking down that street, you would have been just so, as scared. So what <laughs> what that is stemming from is we had a conversation where I said that, you know, we so we watched Get Out and we, we watch Us, and they are both billed as horror movies. And I said that Us, a thousand percent, I have no problem labeling a horror movie. I said, but with Get Out, I lump it, it to me it's a thriller, and I lump it into the same category as like Jaws. Because someone who has a pre-established fear of sharks is going to watch that movie and it's going to unnerve them to the core. I said, with Get Out, I don't see it as a horror movie because I am white and I do not know the fear of being the only person of a single skin color at a party with, you know, I have, I have never in my life experienced being the only white person in the room. I said, so I am completely ignorant to that fear of this might be the closest you've come to being the only white person in the room. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much it. And pretty much. No, yeah, no, you know I what I mean though? Yeah. But like I don't know the fear of being judged, talked to, you know, all of that because of my skin color. So I said that I don't think it's Right, it's, you it's, come at I, it from I, an angle I of do. privilege. And I don't mean that in some oh, no, And way, I absolutely but, do. Um and that's why for you it might not be a horror movie, but yeah. for a lot of people oh, yes. this is the reality, the, exactly. the realist horror you can find. Absolutely. Um because it is so nonchalant. The uh, evolution of the racism in this movie is so perfectly nonchalant. And so, like, that, what he goes through and the things he endures before it even turns into a horror movie are just the, like, the, I love Tiger Woods. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, I can't, that is something I said. I can't imagine that. that oh, like, God. I voted for Obama. It's cool. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's, no, I've got black friends. Yeah. I'm not racist. I have black right. friends. Yeah. And I had said that the only scene for me that I felt I could relate to on any level is being a woman is that first scene. Like you could not, I like, I don't care how suburban your neighborhood is. Yeah, As a woman, you're gonna be I am not going to feel comfortable walking down the street at night by myself. No. It, it, yeah. <clears throat> oh my gosh. You said so much good stuff there. I don't know where to begin. I know. For, <laughs> yeah. Number one, I, I also come to this movie from a place of white privilege, right? Because despite my Cubanness, it would be unfair for me to say that I can relate completely to standing in a room and understand and feeling that different. The closest I can say I've come is to see someone of my same ethnicity who wears it differently, get treated differently than I was getting treated in the same room. Um, and that's more of a guilt thing, I think, as Marissa has said, than, than an issue of kind of relate, than being able to relate exactly. But, okay, we're talking about really genre, where well, you're talking about a genre in a way, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm, I don't wanna, I kinda don't wanna open this box, but I think I need to, right? Cause I think this is what Jackie's talking about. 
So Jordan Peele is a good director, right? And and put the social commentary aside. He uses the camera beautifully. Oh, God. And the camera in Get Out, the camera work in Get Out, it's and we won't talk about Us, because I think the camera work in Us like, made a promise that the movie didn't fulfill, and I'll get to that Ooh, later. Okay. But the camera work in Get Out is just perfect, because the, the way that he kind of weaponizes perspective, oh, the way right. the characters are being weaponized, beautiful. Oh, the background is always so relevant. His movie, Both of these movies take a turn, and that Correct. turn is towards a social commentary that you're like, oh, damn, this movie's about this theme. Right. Well, you gotta but be careful with both movies because he claims both movies also take another turn, and it's like that second twist. turn yeah. that a makes me like the movie less. Correct. B makes it move away from the genre art this podcast is about, and to me, towards science fiction. And he'll be the first to admit that. I mean, Jordan Peele said that Us was based on a Twilight Zone episode. They are, it's almost like these movies are more sci-fi movies than he, And he would be the first person to, like, clap his hands on that. Because, number one, he claimed he wrote, and I don't believe this for a second, because just like George Romero, I'm going to tell the director who and the writer to sit down because I know better. Um, I don't think it was an accident that Us, he, I don't think you could say Us has no social commentary, because I find so much social commentary in it. Oh, me so too. So sit out, Jordan Peele but and I don't think so, I don't think the movie delivers on it, but again, oh, we'll we save that. Okay. Yeah, but like you're right. I think the turns sometimes do a disservice to the genre. I agree, and to the the plot. He's itself, in love with science fiction, but if what Jack is ultimately saying is that this isn't a horror movie, I would tend to agree. Uh, I don't. I think that I think it's important to posit Get Out as a horror movie because of the horrors of real life. I mean, let's be honest. Like so many Americans, as we are seeing right now, are craving the old ways. Right. This is why Trump is in uh, literally today. Uh, just this, the, the headline I read this morning was he took away racial sensitivity training on all federal agent levels. All agencies and the federal government no longer get racial sensitivity training. He's, and, and I quote him, he said, it puts us all back. It's very problematic. Cool. And, and yet your supporters are like, yay, another victory. Because deep down they are racist and they crave the old ways. And to me... What but their supporters say that Jay-Z eats babies. I mean, yeah. it goes so much <laughs> further than that. Right? No, 100%. It's almost like Jordan Peele must be, he must just be like, it's too easy right now. Well, to make, like, because it's, but the world but is so empowered. Yeah, they're so empowered, though. And it's permeating, um, you know, it's funny, Joe, you said, like, uh, you're right, like, to, to me, I very much code myself based, based on which rooms I'm in, like, as far as how, and we have this privilege of passing, and I will never take that for granted. It also riddles me with guilt sometimes, but I we have this privilege of only revealing our minority status when we I mean, you more than me because you're a white, seemingly white male. Yeah. I'm a female, so that only goes so far. Sure. But for me, yeah, like, I code myself differently. When I'm with my, my friends from back when we were kids or my friends who are more ethnic or more inner city like I'm a very different person when I'm at school I do feel like I have to be the token in the room and I code myself differently and I think this movie speaks to that too because Chris very much tries to code himself very appropriately and when he sees Dre and he walks up and he immediately codes himself as a black person again it's also fascinating to watch all of that and then kind of take that into my own life and be like yeah, I totally know what it's like to be the only minority in a room, but my difference is I can just, like, decide when I want to bring it up or decide when it's going to be yeah. a problem. But sure. it is. It's a horrific feeling. And one that we're so used to that we don't even think about anymore. But but it's we have to be careful not to speak out of both sides of our mouth, right? Because I think the most important takeaway of the last five years is that white privilege is not something that people are people are pushing as much as it just exists. 
the the place I've been most successful with getting white friends to understand their the problem of them is when I say to them, "You're you're mad that I'm trying to say you're using white privilege." What I'm saying is, is that the world is set up for you to do to be considered the standard. The world is created right, for you to be. Is. That's where our privilege is. But they like to spin that narrative. But if you look at that more, if you let white people look at that more as like, okay, I can see that beyond myself. I mean, you wrote, Marissa's rolling her eyes for the listening audience. It goes a long way to making sure everybody understands that it's a problem. I'm not doing it to. Um, to let people off the hook as much to make to maybe potentially build a bridge to make people understand the world is set up for what the white person to be the norm. Blacks, Latinos, women, LGBT yeah, community yeah. all feel that different, mm-hmm. and that different is is the movie succeeds most profoundly in making that different be the protagonist point of view, and that's as much the work of Jordan Peele's camera as it is as, as it is. And, yeah. and it is the actors in that film. Oh my I God. I gotta tell you. So good. Single, and you, yeah. I think you said that to me. I like did. Every actor in this film. Yeah, I texted her and I said <laughs> every, actually, and I did it, and my note is also for, for us, I literally have the note that he is like between Jordan Peele and whoever his casting director is. <laughs> right. They just so good. Every it, like everything they touch is gold. Yeah. Every single actor in all of these movies, like yeah. holy crap! Even the little kids. Oh my god! Even so the good. little kids and mm-hmm. us like blew me away. So good playing so two good. roles too. Yeah. 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 Um. And, and the, the to me there's I and this is the English teacher in me but like I love all of the symbolism and thematic layering like when he's like oh those deer they're like rats infestating us like how that's obviously the the white racist talking about racism like everything yeah. is so poignant and I just don't think it's accidental I think knowing it's brilliant. have I did I, this is the first watch for me for Get Out but I knew enough about the movie actually I, I you know I spoiled it for myself just from talking about it with other people I knew the plot. So knowing that, that whole beginning when Bradley Whitford is giving him the tour of the house, like everything that comes out of his mouth has a double meaning. The basement is sealed because of the black mold. And yeah, yeah. We don't do this or yeah, the, the thing. Oh my God, the everything. Like yeah. everything that comes Same out of his must. mouth has that double meaning. That right. like if you, had, if you were completely ignorant of the plot, you wouldn't think anything of it. Exactly. But knowing what he's saying, it's just... Oh, it's, it's the worst. And you know what? And and it's one of those things where it's like, am I uncomfortable because this is so effective? Or am I uncomfortable as a white person recognizing like the atrocity? Right. And right? Either, either like, way, it's effective. Yeah, though, right, right. right. It's not that he says it that's what's scary. It's not even that Chris is so uncomfortable that's scary. Mm-hmm. It's that Chris just expects that this, this is, is our for the yep. course yeah. of being there. Yep. And that's that's a really tough point to come across, right? People. I think and, so too. And no horror movie, oh, no sci-fi movie, no movie of any genre has ever so effectively yeah. articulated that point. Mm-hmm. It's not the phrasing. Right. It's not the character. It's, the commonality it's not even that he's uncomfortable. It's that, that that's exactly what he knew he was walking into. Right. And he's got to navigate that world. And you want, if you're watching it from a place of like, where you're trying to create a more progressive world and you mm-hmm. don't want that to exist, you're screaming out about, oh my God, nobody sees this. But I wonder... That's just a reality. I wonder what you come, how you come to this movie if you don't feel that way. I, I know, like, how does a racist watch that? Like, that's, <laughs> okay, I, I wish I could have found, like, I, I wish I could go outside and be like, hey, racist friends, come here, I want you to watch this film. Because right. I swear to God, I think it's a completely different experience. Or is it that them. they just don't watch it? 
are they that racist because of their body? Well, that was, was going to be my question, too. For someone who is racist to watch this movie, I mean, the whole point of this movie, not the whole point, but the, 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 the plot point is decrepit old white people can basically be transferred into the younger, <laughs> when new When she calls body. them grandma and grandpa, I'm like, ah, yeah. shit! Yeah. Like, but every so, time. <laughs> so would a racist really enjoy the fact that, like, you're born again into a better body and that better body is a person of color. I'm so glad you brought that up because I want to talk about some of the thinking in this film that people I like think of, of like us think is is antiquated and people don't believe anymore, but really they do. Because as someone who's in the psychology field, there is no field more freaking racist with its history. So freaking problematic. Um, and I love that, well, first of all, the silver spoon as the, the symbol, right? Like, how brilliant. Yeah, and misogynistic but, too, right? To be fair. Oh, 100, yeah. right. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. And and so problematic to any minorities yeah. in, in any way. LGBTQs, all of them. So she's using the spoon. She's doing the hypnotherapy, which is problematic psychology to begin with. But then to then couple in all of this, like, frenetics and this idea of, like, the biologically superior. And you're good. You must be good at sports. And you're a really good runner. And if you notice when she's on her computer, she's looking at the NCAA drafts for that year and uh did you see key with one of them yeah. <laughs> and like it's it, and he was definitely i feel like his head was photoshopped onto a body which made it even more amazing and i also think rod is such a needed comedic relief yeah you know, yeah like, he's a good character it is sure. a great character yeah. i like because he's like i'm the tsa we right. and it's interesting that he's a tsa agent too. right yeah yeah there's so much fun to be picked apart there but in a way it's also like poking fun at just that trope of the black friend right 100%, like the right. the you know which uh, like that shit is well, right, like, like, token. like right. sort of like uh, most effectively done as Dave Chappelle in the Tom Hanks movie. Correct. <laughs> what am I? Why can't I remember what um, that's called? Um, you know what I'm talking about, though, yeah, right? Like the, just the yeah, right. Put like it in when you realize it. Token, yeah, right. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry, it's no. bothering you not to remember the movie. No, it's the bookstore. Yeah, yeah. What the heck? Is, you got mail. You got yeah, mail. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. It's a shop around the corner, really. Right, shop around the corner. Yeah. Okay. So, like Dave Chappelle in that movie, right, right. Um, so, but but using it also to because he saves the day, and it just I, I loved that. Me too. I, and you I know, right. subverting and that. And when it's the siren, and then he pulls up, you're so excited because you know if that's the real police should like when she's like help help, you're like oh shit, the yeah, real police true. are here. Right? Yeah. Dude, from like 15 minutes before that, I was like, this is gonna end with the cops coming. And no one's gonna believe yeah. him. Yeah, it's, right. I mean, I felt that for sure. It's brilliant that he doesn't make that choice. It's brilliant that he trusts us to know that that's our reality. We don't need you know. But like, he he almost did though, right? Isn't that right, the story? Right. Right. No, he. I thought he went to jail, and Rod comes. Rod's still trying to put the story together, and he tells Rod to let it go. And it's supposed to be like that. This is that you this can't goes win. on. Right. You're not going to Right, and I think he felt correctly the, uh, like sorry, the world needed, needed the something team. else. Yeah. Well, he said. He said. You know what's funny? He said that he wrote the first ending in the Obama administration, and then when when the Trump era happened, he was like, I needed to change it. Because I didn't, in Trump's America, it's not what we needed. And how sad a truth is that? Oh, that right. literally, the more correct ending, the more like thematically true ending was just too much because in this we, bananas we world it we live in. Which right. that brings it to the point that you were, you said earlier, because in the car he said that uh, both Get Out and Us take a turn for like sci-fi that makes him not like the movie. And I, what I said was that he does that to make it more entertaining and a movie that will get popular because it's the difference between a movie like let the right one in 
which we like, just watched. We just watched, <laughs> which I would take a movie like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood over a Let the Right One In any day. Because to me, it's more entertaining, right. and that's more the kind of movie I would want to watch. Okay, and I'm gonna need you to get out. No, but he, oh, I like what you did there. But but Charlie is a really smart fifteen-year-old, uh, right? So like, he's trying his best to even entertain. Let the right one in, but he gets bored. He doesn't get bored of Jordan Peele movies, and so I think his point is that Jordan Peele knows he has to like transcend a certain level of because I know all my friends love the Jordan Peele movies, and my friends would fall asleep at Let the Right One In. But I, oh, they they we. But a lot of your friends also don't come from the same background, like social right. background as us. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm would, curious. Yeah, to they, see no, all my friends are you know football playing, basketball right. playing, white kids, right. and they all love. They to are get the, out They are us. the white males that we like. That someone like me is going to spend my whole life. But but he's it. but he's kind of showing you what we're saying. He's showing right. you what they those love people, these movies. They we don't go into it saying but we're racist, and so we don't but understand. But how are they? Like, I'm curious. Let me pick your brain here. They love these movies for the entertainment value. Yes. Like, they think this is a casual watch. No, they don't. think no, they it's get a casual it. Watch. They get it, but they also like this. Is what I'm saying about Jordan Peele is that he does both. It's a good movie. It's an right. entertaining movie to I watch. See. Okay. Both Us is scary, and Get Out is really cool. Yeah. Get, the, the story of Get Out, without all of this that you guys are mentioning, is they're both cool, fun movies to watch. Tell your even, someone like even Dad. Even someone like Dad watches <laughs> it and, and was he can entertained barely, by it yeah. and kept his attention. But he didn't, I didn't think he got any of the racism or that See, it was just the entertainment of this movie this film, yeah. that kept him occupied. And that's why Jordan He's more Latino than any of us. Right. <laughs> I'm serious. It doesn't make you safe know. from being a racist. Marissa, the, listen, and this is going to get us phone calls and emails. Jesus. Some of the most racist people we know are, are you know, immigrant and sons and daughters of immigrant friends. No, 100%. I, I especially like, and I'm going to say, like, there are entire Facebook groups for Cubans for Trump. I'm not going to deny it. Oh, my like, God. Yeah. Cubans, oh, are, yeah. Cubans, Cubans are, are and we can say it because we are it, we yeah. are awful. Right. A lot of us are all. We are Puerto Rican. hated like a lot. Puerto Rican hated everybody, but Mexican Cubans and white people. And they're Republicans. <laughs> I get Republican. it. I do. I know. I just, it's, it's just that it's, pre- it's pervasive. Almost and every Cuban I know is Republican except for. Except for us. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> us. Get out. Us. All right. Was that the segue? I don't know. Uh, uh, actually, there is one more. I do want to talk a little bit to the sunken place and the, like the horror mm-hmm. of getting put in a, in a world where you see everything that's happening and you feel completely powerless against it. Because I think the sunken place is one of the most beautiful metaphors I've seen for a minute. And I have been personally struggling with living in the burbs and feeling very like the, the worst people are empowered right now. And it's very scary. And it's very, uh, it's a really tough time to be a very feminist a my Latino minority living in the burbs. And I don't know if you've been feeling this too, no, but yeah, upper township. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's just like this idea of living in the sunken place. Like sometimes I feel like I am living in the sunken place because I see all this happening around me and you feel so powerless against it. And when you do try to fight it, oftentimes you lose those battles or you lose friends or you lose things that are valuable to you. And, and it does. It's like, 
I really love the beautiful metaphors in this film and it, it bums me out to think it like to me this will never feel like a movie I casually watch which I you're right it's so entertaining I know what you guys are saying and I think it's an important beautiful point to make but like to me this film is harder to watch than let the right one in because it's so poignantly reminds me of everything that's wrong and, and it's the scariest thing in the world right now especially in but this moment of Black Lives Matter. that's the way you're viewing it. Not everyone walks into that movie. I, I yeah. just happened upon that movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean... Not even knowing it was not, in, in the horror, because you know me, I wouldn't watch it. No, like, you oh wouldn't my God. Do I, I, Not to take away anything right. that the movie says, but not for nothing, it's not a documentary. It's a movie. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I'm serious. No, you're right. It's, you're it, right. Is, it is a movie. It is... It's, it's in the entertainment... entertainment. Yeah. sphere so it's like but again not to take away anything because sometimes some of the most powerful messages have come from not entertaining true. movies you know yeah and there's I think there's two no go ahead no I, I was just gonna say that I disagree that I could watch Get Out tomorrow and not feel so like you know all the like guilt of the like social spam because a lot of it is both you know like it's really cool and scary that oh no there's gonna be a white person in your brain they're gonna cut me open and Put a white person inside of me, or and it's all and but then that also has the like racial and social standpoint, and also like the sunken place is really scary, you know, like oh I'm inside my own brain, there's just I'm nothing here, yeah. you know, and that's while that also has has to do with everything you were talking about about being powerless and people being in power, it's also a cool like scary thing to watch without thinking about that. So it's a cool one to watch, but it. For you, I guess it's not as much. No, no, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I see your point. It's a damn good film. Like, you know. To, to what Jackie's saying, too, is that you know, when Jackie says it's not a documentary, we have to remember that, like, this can't be the hand by which Jordan Peele is unraveled because now he is being called upon to stand up as the progressive hero of cinema and make these movies that are constantly holding these huge truths. Because that's a big burden for anybody to have to, to stand up to, right? He's, I mean, Does I don't it, know. It's still a genre to me. Like, nobody takes horror that seriously. Oh, Does I don't it make know. him, like, the token director? Does it make him everything we're trying yeah, to... Like, trying yeah. to not have anymore... But isn't that always the problem, right? Yeah. 100%. Because, like, in, and in a way, like... What drove me crazy about that movie, what I like the best about it, is that the white people are so obviously already winning. They're already in charge, and mm -hmm. it's just not enough for them, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like, And it's this particular group of people who are just like rich right. and captains of their, their, their industries, but still they have to continue to annex more than just it. They've already owned the culture. They already own the psychology mm -hmm. of it. But they, but it's not enough. Now I need your body too. Right. I need yeah. to also right. take I your body in the way. And so it was just this so consummate like day. eating of everything. And I don't think you, I don't think you necessarily have to be black, Latino, female, LGBTQ to feel the pain of like they're going to eat everything. I think you just yeah. have to be middle class. Yeah, like, I, I think anybody in the middle class snatchers, feels that. Right? Wasn't there in the movie the body snatchers? Yeah. Yeah, Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. Um, yeah, which was remade like 17 times. Right. Um, but whatever. Um, I still want to say, though, every, I, when he makes that move towards sci-fi, he loses me. Even in Get Out, less so than in Us, and I know we're going to talk about it in Us, but even in Get Out, when the movie went towards the like process and the medical like removal, there was a, something about the like personal fear that went away a little bit in the movie. And just as from a horror movie standpoint, I did not like that part. I'm not saying it hurt the movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie. I think that it's still a very good movie. I think it's still a very important movie. But I, I liked less that move 
Me than too. when we were just well, in the Well, I like less the, sec- the second and third act. Yeah, these films, right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, both down, both um, films. Short of Red's speeches. <laughs> because they, they're just haunting. Right. But, um, yeah, and then the last thing you can get out I want to talk about is just the danger of the fake ally. Again, because, like, I feel like even when people you really think are on... And I hate to say on our side, but I am going to posit it as because there are sides, whether we like it or not at this point. Like, J.K. Rowling broke my heart. You know what I mean? Like, you are a white (laughs) feminist. You're supposed to, dude, you created Harry Potter. You're supposed to have our backs. And then you double down on the notion of gender from your position of white privilege. I know you weren't always a white privileged woman, but now you are. And now you're telling certain people what they can and cannot be and identify I, as. I know. But, and but cancel culture is going to be our undoing, Marissa. Like, I'm not, listen, don't oh, mishear me as not I'm, go there. I'm not putting up, to, I'm not defending J.K. Rowling. Do you believe me? Look me in the eyes. No, don't I don't believe you because you're going to shit on cancel culture. I am not defending J.K. Rowling, but cancel culture is going to be our no, undoing. No, I'm not saying I'm going to burn my Harry Potter shit. I still absolutely <laughs> will be a huge Harry Potter fan until I die. But she needs to shut the fuck up. Agreed. And we need to tell her that. Agreed. But, we got to be careful with how much we make. We got to we got to be We got to be careful how much we make people afraid to talk. We got to be careful with how much we because the only answer to this is communication. The only answer to this is forcing out the implicit racism by people feeling comfortable engaging in a dialogue about why they're doing it because a lot of the worst racists don't know they are Correct. or are able to present a facade in which they can make the world believe they don't know that. And either way, the answer of rooting that out is not, hey, shut up. The answer to rooting that out is tell us what you're thinking and then we'll tell you why we're wrong and then it's going to be okay. Because if it's it's not not okay... okay, She's going to... It wasn't okay. She doubled down. So how yeah, do you I know. No, you're right. I'm not defending her. Exactly. But how I'm not defending her. When they doubled down. She blew it. I'm not defending no, no, her. But she that's blew what it. I'm saying. They're all blowing it. They're doubling down. Tarantino's the same damn way. I know. You're He's right. doubling down on his misogynistic, problematic bullshit. So I no, I am going to make a movie. I agree I'm going to cancel him. I felt like I couldn't enjoy that movie as much because of it. And that's a bit Kill- And listen, I love Kill Bill. And once upon a time in Hollywood, sorry. Sight. I don't care. The movies are so good. You see, he disagrees. So he thinks good. I'm being crazy. Well, and you know what? My whole, my whole so problem good. with that I don't, is who cares about all the when you've got history. somebody that like who does something fucked up. The man can make a movie. When you've got somebody that does something so fucked up, <laughs> and you know we can't watch Rosemary's Baby because and I, you know I, I love know, that movie. Saying we can't watch Rosemary's <laughs> Baby. No, no, but, but no, what, what I'm saying into that is you know yeah the you know. You really? can't you can't watch something. It, my problem with that is yes, we need to vilify the villains. I am a hundred percent behind it, but I don't think that I will stop watching a movie because of that. Because you know what, Polanski is a dirtball. He's the worst. But, but, the, was, but that's a good the, ass movie. The movie, the movie's so much more <laughs> than him. He He's the worst. A, but if he made a movie today, I'd say fuck it. I'm not. He giving wouldn't him be my able money. to, and that's how we know we're making progress. Yeah, right. well, but really, because the guy who made Jeepers Creepers made Jeepers three. Jeepers Creepers 3 uh, Okay, I don't know that. I don't know that. That guy literally molested the children on the set of Jeepers Creepers. But when was Jeepers Creepers? Why did you pick such a hard movie to say? When did did Jeepers Creepers 3 come out? Now our Latino's gonna come out. Jeepers, Jeepers. When did Jeepers Creepers 3 come out? Jeepers Creepers 3 came out. Seriously, though. No, it came out a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. Oh, I don't know about that. Oh, I would oh, hope that Roman Polanski wouldn't be allowed to make a movie. You're either. way more optimistic than okay. I am. I think Roman Polanski makes a movie today. My point, with that, watches my point with that is, 
You're <laughs> taking away from every actor, writer, right? Everything grip. Else I have to. I agree with Jack. We have to separate the no, art from the artist. No, wrong, wrong. And here's why. You're wrong. I'm missing my truck. Go ahead. Wrong. Tell because me why. here's why. I am best boy grip number three. Okay. I want a job. Am I gonna work for the guy who molests children? Nah. Am I gonna get take a job building the Death Star? Nah, son. I'm not. Because you have now to. Now you're have being it. optimistic. But, see, because, because you're talking no. about things that are happening. The economy is gonna win. I'm talking about today. Right. No, we're not talking about. We're not talking about. Okay. Today. No, I agree with you guys. We're on the same page here. I'm absolutely gonna watch Rosemary's Baby. Mia Farrow fucking lost right. all so many things in her life for that film. Yeah. But I'm Frank not Sinatra. Fucking <laughs> cartoon. But he makes great. Fuck you and your. Frank Sinatra. Fuck you and your shitty way of divorcing her. Um, I literally, like, don't say either you quit the movie or you divorce me and then send her the papers while she's But in the she didn't, movie. though. Thank God, no, right? She's thank God. Right, yeah. himself, right? so, but that's a win. And that's a part of the story of that movie it's as an well. an important part of the narrative. Sure. I am not saying to cancel. Like, I love Kill Bill. I will watch those movies yeah, any day of the week. Well, but go ahead. Of course you do. Um, any day of the week. But... It, when it comes to a new Tarantino, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take pause before us. And listen, I'll admit I went to see it. I didn't want to, but I went to see it because Matt really wanted to see the new Tarantino because Matt was saying the same we thing. He's it. a great filmmaker. Right. But at the end of the day, no, I'm not giving these people money. I'm not giving them a position to speak through. Listen, J.K. Rowling puts out a new book. I'm probably do I buy it? I don't know. No, you're I, not. No, nah, probably you're not. not. But she needs to. But she that's needs also because she hasn't done anything good. But yeah, go ahead. like JK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. like, but like, all I'm trying to say is that moving forward, why give these assholes a spot, a, a, a voice, when we could give them to people who aren't complete scumbags? Because Marissa, you are often not at a table that you're at right now. I love you for your militants. I love you because you're right, but you're never going to win the middle that way. You're never going to win the middle. To, look no, we where, have to, look though, where trying to win the middle has to. gotten us. Look, right. at, look at 2020. No, that I say I disagree with you. I think we got here because people are scared. Bullshit. And we got here because the, the we white supremacists, to find the middle. The white supremacists are always going to be scared. But the, when the middle gets scared, we lose them. And we can't. But we didn't scare them. We, no, we, we didn't, didn't scare them. them. I'm not saying so we did. So now we have to tread even. So we try to play in the middle. That's all we ever do for I'm not, the underprivileged. You're putting, you're putting words in my mouth. I didn't say play in the middle. I said if you make people feel as if they can't be part of a conversation, and then if they can't, if you make people feel as if they can't say something wrong, and then come out of it, they're never going to speak. And if they never speak, we don't win. That's my point. But then you're, but then you're basically villainizing me for, be, for no, being for no, being this no. dirty word of villainizing. No, no, I'm not villainizing villain villain you. What I'm saying is that if you're right, so at least you got that right. Like I'm on no, your I side because you're right. right. I don't want to be right. I want like I, I want the. No, middle. I'm pretty sure you're right. I want to win <laughs> what the I'm saying right. is, is that <laughs> what I'm saying is I'm sure you're right, but, but no one's gonna listen, right? If no, I'm saying that you have to make people speak and be wrong to make them see what's wrong. And I'm gonna say the only people who can do that are people with a position of privilege. Yeah, it's probably no true. one's it's gonna not listen. An easy Joey, they'll listen to you. They won't listen to me. I, because oh, I'm a crazy broad and you're a male. And so there's so many layers to this where I agree with you. I'm always trying to win people in the middle. That's our hope here. But I think the more the crazy pushes, the more militant they get, the more they win. And we just sit around going, well, we need to just be more moderate. And we need to be more this and that. I'm done with that jazz. I'm done with that noise. There's a reason why Get Out literally starts with Stay Woke by Childish Gambino. Because that's exactly what we need to do right now is stay woke. Like, it is no time to rest on our laurels. 
We're going to have a civil war soon. It's not us. We were woke before we woke was have, a word. But we don't have the choice. And guess what? They've got all the weapons. They've got all the power. So good luck to all of us. But you keep saying, let's just try to talk them down and give them a voice. Nah, I'm done with that. I don't know. I don't know but, if, it's, if it's fair because I'm not sure that's what I said. What I think I said was, if people are afraid to talk, progress more. And I, right, I think, you're right. I think the problem is you moved the conversation to a social level, which then I don't know if I agree with what I said. <laughs> what you know what I mean? Well, like, what level do you agree yeah. What I'm talking like about is person to person. Is that if mom's a racist, mom's okay? Racist. Mom is not a racist mom for the record. Guy. But if mom was a racist and she was afraid at this table that we would cancel her for saying the wrong thing, she might be less prone to make the statement that we could be like, no, you're not looking at that right because you're not seeing this. This is great. I agree because we had a conversation just sitting in the garage with some neighbors and the person who was the most racist of the group then felt like she should not say Shut anything. down, right. Shut down completely. Shut her and down. And did not want to say Shut anything. her ass down. See, that's but what then what happened? She goes, she, <laughs> she goes, goes and becomes the fringe. She already is. She finds she allies is. in the other side. No, she's... <laughs> oh, Malcolm. When are you going to see the picture of... But you're, you were the wave of feminists that came before me. Yeah. Y'all weren't temperate. Y'all weren't moderate. No. You weren't like, no, we listen, men. Let right. us... Please, if you just understand our point, but that, you no one's asking you to do that. That's what you're hearing. I'm saying that in the garage, that person, if they felt like they could bring it up, might have learned something. I don't think. I think you're giving that person a little too much credit at this moment. What at choice this moment, do we have? We're not changing their mind. He's, he went back to his house. He's still a racist. But you think you would have changed his mind in that it moment? It might have taken one step, Marissa. Listen, it's basic rhetoric. It's basic psychology, right? You can't change an action until you change a belief, which is which is. Be lied by an, an attitude. And the only path to changing actions are altering beliefs that are that are led by attitudes. A, a, a systematic and continual attack of someone's attitude might change a belief, and that belief then could change an action. Why do you think things are so violent right now, though? Because the world's you... so effed up. It's so bad. Yeah. It's become political. It's too political. It's too political. I'm sorry. All right, let's get back. Let's get back. We Brad caught Pitt, all Leonardo that DiCaprio out. Uh, I need... <laughs> The same movie. That. <laughs> That's true. That's the true. Same movie. I saw, the I same saw movie. that. I was like, oh shit, Quentin, what are you doing? Part of you was like, oh, come on. They're so good. I know. They are in the same movie. All right, let's get back to the films. Back to the films. Um, Jackie, segue us into Us. All right, so his next film is called Us. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Segue. <laughs> Jackie, I just want a jingle for you, Jackie, so bad. That's all I want. That's all I want out of this. Yeah, so um, so my favorite thing about us is now I'm going to tell you to kiss my anus from now on. I love that. The, all, those were my children. That potty mouth oh my god! My yeah. No, I was like, anus. this is my life. Jen turned to me at the first 15 minutes of, of us and goes, the dad is you. The dad is I was like, yep, probably. Yeah, I can complain. Just gotta watch the last five minutes of the year. Nobody understands me. I'm so much funnier than I get credit for. I loved the dad. No, I hate it. I've never seen myself on screen more perfectly. That's because Jordan Peele probably wrote himself. I said that. I said that was Jordan Peele. 
<laughs> like, I, think so. I think that he should have just like sucked it up and started his own movie. No one's gonna say anything about it because he you're can't. Going I to love that he's not doing it, Jackie. I but I that think that like his direction was like it was like so. WWJD. You know, <laughs> like what would you when, do? When when Lupita's really mad that then she switches the radio and the gangster rap goes on, he just starts rapping like nothing happened. Chandler's like, this is like my life. Yep. I'm watching my life. Because you will start singing when I'm so mad at you. Yeah. I'm like, but then she but then she starts rapping too because she can't help it. That's us too. My favorite line of the movie, though, of all the great lines in this film, is when she looks at him and she's like, you're not in charge anymore because he's, he's so never been terrible. In charge. Yeah. <laughs> but he's also he never been in charge. I love, and speaking to Cody, I, and this would be you too, I love when he goes outside the first time he's like, hey everybody, yeah, it's all, uh, do you yeah. need help? Right, right, right. Do you need help? And then the second time he he's tries to be all hard. Give me my bat is like yeah, my so life. I have a bat. I have I a bat. I'm like, give me my bat. He's got one of the wooden really <laughs> And I think that's going to save us from what I don't know. Yeah. And I love when he's like, and then the bat, he, the guy uses the bat again, so maybe laugh so much. I know, that goes right out the door. Oh my God. <laughs> so what I love about this movie is so, you know, you've got the family and then suddenly like these clones essentially show up and, you know, there's this little warfare that goes on. Marissa and I were talking about mm-hmm. it earlier and we both have... Two very different views. Yeah. Um, because I, well, she, um, well, I'm not going to put the words in. I'm going to let you. So I had said that for me, watching this movie, you know, what, what it means to have, you know, these duplicates, my whole take on it, and again, maybe we are going to play the race card, and maybe it is because I am white, but I said that I see this movie as you are your own worst enemy. Mm. It's your own, you know, duality. That, yeah, um, that's definitely. You there. know that that's kind of how I was seeing this movie, but I know that you took it in a, a different way. So you're totally, uh, according to Jordan Peele, your reading is so much more spot on than mine. He has gone to great lengths to be like, I just want, like, I'm, I wish I could just make a movie where there's a black family as the the center of the movie, the protagonist, without it being some big social commentary. Yeah. Which again, like to me, I'm like, well, th- you can't, so I'm gonna have fun with it anyway. <laughs> but you're right, he did. He wanted. He was inspired by the um, Twilight Zone episode called Mirror Image. He wanted it to be more of a sci-fi feel than a horror feel, and he very much wanted it to just be a film about the scariness of duality and about. But I, I do think it transgressed into so much more than that, whether he meant it, whether it was a happy accident, whatever. Um, and I think that part of he, what he needs to understand, he's going to keep putting all this delicious like symbolism and like Jeremiah eleven eleven and all this other stuff in there. I, we are going to have our fun with it. Um, and it's a, to me, it's the better of the two films. I oh, like I agree. Better. What? I Us? know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Is it a better film than like, Get Out? Yeah. To me, it's, it's, it's perfect. Like, I just love it. I loved it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think and I have to admit, the first out. time I watched it, I was like, meh. And then I watched it again, and I was like, holy walk, okay. holy, this film. Okay. I I thought that the first act was just Flawless, yeah. amazing. And but so then well I don't, there's a moment specifically. Well, so first of all, I'm curious to see I love the thriller. Oh my God, I was so excited. Um, <laughs> I loved, so all the 80s-ness yeah. of the beginning. Oh my God, everything. And it's like instant nostalgia for me, but... Because it felt like seaside. Did you movies on the shelf too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chud, Chud and, and Goonies, and, and they're yeah. all like symbolic. And National Life Foods Animal House. <laughs> totally awesome. Also, the scene where she walks away um, at the boardwalk, mm-hmm. and she looks up at the roller coaster, and she remembers the faces mm-hmm. of the people. And I think anybody who's ever gotten lost as a kid, mm-hmm. that slow that feeling, motion, yeah. like running through water feeling of like everything happening around you in such a significant way. 
I still to this day remember getting lost in Seaside and I can remember seeing the stands and like what was in them and like crying. I remember the couple that came when I was crying and like took me to the I remember that couple clearly, like with such clarity. So to me, the the shooting of that scene was just amazing. There's a moment when they're in the house and she's not turning to her husband. And he's shooting it just so brilliantly. He's shooting her reflection through the window. And she says, she's coming to get me. Mm -hmm. And at that moment, I like gasped. And I wanted to like pause the movie and and say, holy crap, this is the movie I've waited for my whole life. Where it's all about the fact that you are coming to get you Mm -hmm. in every frightening way that that exists. The way you're your own worst enemy. The way you're your own, you're the antagonist, your own protagonist. And vice versa. And I was so pumped. And that movie never came. That really? Instead, uh, what came was a really cool movie about Inception. It was a really cool it, movie about he tried insurrection. Change, yeah. But he's almost too tempted by, by like those sci-fi the things movies. at his fingertips. Agree. And I wish he hadn't gone as far into the rabbit hole of the of the tethered people's life as yeah. he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have been a better film without that. But um, yeah, they were not nearly as interesting as the actual characters he created. I disagree with that because with Red, when when we first see her, when she first starts talking, the whole line, I was like, okay, cool. She's like creepy, like underground, like she's got that like crazy look in her eye and whatever. The voice, which is really cool. And then when it's revealed why her voice sounds like that, it like blew my mind. Why does her voice sound like that? Because she, when she, she was a little girl, yeah. she, she got strangled she by strangled. her mother. Yeah. By the other one. She's the, the original the, girl. Yeah, the tethered one strangles her. Oh, and, and between oh, being yeah. strangled and then being underground for so long, Look, where really no one else is using their voice. That's oh, why her voice is yeah. That's why she <laughs> can talk. Yes. yes. And no that's one why else she can talk. She, talk. Right. she, she was the other mother. one. But be careful, because as soon as you say she was the good one, then you she get into the point right. of the movie is that it is. Who is the good one? Yeah. He's not the good one. She was the yeah, so she was the original. She was the original. So when things like that happened, when the twist started coming, you were into it. I was really into it. I was just like, oh, that makes so much sense. Jackie, you saw that coming. I know, I know. you saw that I, coming. Dude, I, I never I, see that shit. Yeah, she coming. said she didn't see it coming. I never dude, see that. Dude, way shit before coming. they got in, the, and when they got in the car at Tim Heidecker's house, who, by the way, I love that Tim Heidecker's in this movie. Oh my god, and Might have been Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Moss. Yeah. yeah, Elizabeth Moss, amazing, amazing white actresses to, and actors to play the the supporting roles speaks so far. Well, that's too, but also because uh, Jen was like, "Well, that other," I'm like, "Where's the other family?" She's like, "They're gone." I'm like, "It's Tim Heidecker, Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, they're, they're not gone." They don't take that role. They're coming back. Right. Like, they're coming back. I think that speaks to the progress we're making when you can get two really fucking good actors to play the supporting role in that film because Elizabeth Moss is one of the best actresses right now. Yeah, but also Tim Heidecker is like the most cerebral, like, effed up performance art comedian out there. Right, right. So, whatever. But, yeah. But I saw when they got in the car at their house, I was like, oh, she's the other one. And then I feel like as soon as you do that, you're like, why? Okay, they all they saw was Hands Across America. Well, so like, I love the Hands Across America. I get America that. Yeah. Well, only because we were alive for that. No. If you were alive for that, you don't know what that is. Well, I and no, but that's I the love the last thing she saw on the TV I, in the I, beginning. I know, I know, but here's why I love it. And again, this is me reading way too much into stuff that I probably shouldn't. 
How? Okay, 6.5, I looked it up. 6.5 million people in America participated in that bullshit, right? Do you remember doing that at school? Yeah. You yeah, do? Yeah, wasting time. Do you time. remember doing that at wasting school? Wasting my yeah. time to go hand, do you guys remember that? hands with people. Okay. Yeah. What a bunch Can't of Can't do that anymore. Bullshit. No, six feet, bro. <laughs> what a bunch of bull. Like, 6.5 million people hold hands because it's so useless and pointless and it does nothing to actually help anything. And it's so perfect that that's what she gets the ball to do because it's just useless. Like it's. But, but what I love is... She gets them to do it, and they do it better than we did. Because right. in 1986, we didn't really yeah. get Hands Across no. America. And at okay, the end of the movie, no, we do it without Hands Across America. But that's what I'm saying. We obviously couldn't do it, but you see at the end, yeah, they like, are the water. They're holding hands over mountain terrain. Like yeah, not only did they do it, but they did it better than we got. Which together. is, I think, a poignant, like a, yeah. an important part if you read it as a social commentary. And yeah. so. Anyway, I definitely think that like, um, well, first of all, I loved the scene on the beach because it to me is is how we so many people feel like. All right, well, so the Jeremiah eleven eleven thing is brilliant, right? Because yeah. the Jeremiah eleven eleven thing basically is like we're not, we're not going to help you, you know, like you're you want help, you think I'm here to help you, I'm not, you're screwed. Um, and I think that it shows up all through the film. It's well, it's aggression too. It's like an angry Jesus. It right? is. Oh yeah, an angry. You want to you want to praise God. you want to praise your false god, right? Well, I mean, look well, at guess the things. What? You're look at what we're worshiping today. We're worshiping this. We're worshiping. Right. You know, we're on a podcast on the internet, but right. the internet is <laughs> what we're worshiping. Please worshipped. don't put your phone yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Keep listening. listening. Keep right. you know. Keep bowing um, down to us. But like, there's so much like this. Basically, and 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 it's like you. The prophet telling them this that they're screwed, right? And I think red I comes. What? Jeremiah 11, yeah. 11. It's um, drop me with it. Yeah, it's therefore thus says the Lord: Behold, I am bringing disaster on them which they will not be able to escape. Though they will cry to me, yet I will not listen to them. Yeah, word. And and I I love it because it's basically like you're screwed and you deserve it. And I think that so for me, I, I took it as the the shadow people, right, as she calls them, the speech about, like, you know, and you got the good stuff, and I got, you know, when you got delicious hot meals, we got the cold rabbit, when you got praised, we got beat, all that stuff, like, it is race relations in America, and the us is every American who enjoys a, a position of privilege, and the them, the tethered, the other, is minorities, and we have watched them continue to get everything wonderful while they we get the polar opposite and so to me this like notion of when she says we're americans is so poignant everything that comes out of red's mouth to me is such a poignant statement on minority minorities position in america no matter what minority you are but especially black at this moment because basically like and just what his direction just blows my mind even everything down to like the music choice in all these films to me is just so flawless and good and like basically like anybody who's not in that position of privilege, whatever that may be, and I do agree with you that's more of a class thing than a color thing because I'm going to talk to that in a minute. I think having it be a black family, but also a black family that very much lives a very white life, dare I say, is and she's aware, she's cognizant of it. And I don't know if she's cognizant of it because she's technically a person from the other side, but I think it's, they are very much living a life, and this is, Deep down, I think Jordan Peele was exploring some of his own guilt at this point. It's, it's not deep down, though. And I'll, I'll let you continue. I'm just yeah. going to add to you. 
they're still chasing the white family despite their their yeah, obvious position right, of privilege, right? right. right? So here's but a she's black. She's annoyed by the fact that they're he's not. Here's a black family of of, of seemingly tremendous privilege with right. a lake house and a right. boat and they're, a they're, butt. Right. Also, you can't help but wonder how they got there right. because you look at them in the '80s and you're like, oh, they look like a normal family. Listen to me saying normal. Right. I'm the even being unfair were, right, because right. they seem like middle class family in the '80s right. and now they're best, obviously right. an upper right. class family. He was wearing the Howard uh, right. sweater at one point, sweater, right. which I think is supposed right. to be like a clue to that. Right, that to their but level of... But Jordan Peele's full of crap because he's definitely chasing that. 100%. Because the Howard t-shirt makes me think that. The fact that you put the other white family in there and yep. Tim Heidecker's all full of this advice. Oh, I bet you don't have a flare. And that's... I know. Then yeah, he, yeah. he's going to kill he him with the, the flare. flare right. But the flare fails. Right. It's not... So to, as if to say he's there's fallacy right. in that. Exactly. Pursuit. Right. And there's guilt in it, too, right. that I think Jordan Peele, even if he doesn't want to admit to himself, is, and I don't know about, about you, but I feel that all the time. Like, I feel, like, guilty when I take advantage of the fact that I could look white. I feel guilty all the time about it. Because I really think if my skin tone was, like, two shades darker, or if my accent was just still a little thicker, life would be different for me. And I, I, I constantly am plagued with that, that realization of, like, even though I am far from living a good life, even though I am very smack in the middle to lower middle class, I don't, I don't, I still feel, like, this certain privilege and this guilt from it and this guilt of having passed and the guilt of being a minority posing in white America. And I think that this film does a really good job of kind of playing with that trope through the characters. And I also think that, like, I'm going to totally agree with you that once it gets to that second act and, like, they're going into the, the, the tunnels and all that other stuff, I, the, he loses me a little bit because I, I way more enjoyed just the conversation. The scene in the living room, to me, is just flawless. But so so let's focus on that scene for a second. But And I do want to get to how much I did not enjoy the underground tunnel aspect. But the the scene in the, in the living room, I, I will admit to you, was is very intriguing, but partly because I thought it was going to be about a more individual thematic like which presence, Jack, right, which Jack we're Jack facing it, yeah. our own duality, we're facing our own demons. The line, we're Americans, was so jarring to me. Yeah. It felt so out of place. And I'm going to admit that I didn't I didn't wrap my head around it the first time. So I went back and I rewound it because I was watching it on a disc, which is novel these days. But I rewound it and I watched that part again. And, I, and then I thought I got the fact that he was saying, like, We're all it so did right. seem like a call to social revolution. Yeah, me too. It did. That's what I but, take from this film. But I came out of the film at that point. Like, huh. even though I thought it was cool and I could see what he was doing... It was no longer a scare. I was scared the first act. I was nervous. I was creeped out. It was a cool horror movie. But as soon as she explained that all, it became a socially conscious movie. But I came out of the net magic of it. So here's my question. In your interpretation of the movie, is the us the people on the surface or is us the people below? It's all of us. We're all American. To me, the us... So how I read this is the others are the minorities and we're, they are also a product of this, this country. They are also a product of all of it. They are the others for all intents and purposes, but the reckoning is coming. They're rising up. Like, and I think that that's, I do get that theme from it. I do get the, like, they're going to, eventually we're going to, there's more of us. We're powerful. We're strong. So who's, who's the no. then? Uh, if we're all us, no. who's the then? Yeah. I think the way you're setting us up is how I read it. That us yeah. is the, the people, the, um, the, the underground, the tethered yeah. people. Because that's why the movie ends with them hand in hand, 
with these helicopters over top. Right. Like, we got to deal with this. We that's deal that's with the America. They're that's them. the real them. Right. No, see, I take the, the underground people are the them. Oh, see, and minorities I, I read it. I read no. it. The we are, every minority is the them to me. No. And we're all Americans together, but the problem is the, the majority, the privileged, the powerful don't want to acknowledge that. Right, but that's why us is that group. Us is that group. Them is the other group. I don't think I'm You're using the pronouns opposite. Because I feel like your argument is saying that the yeah, opposite I'm not, of the pronoun. I'm not. Isn't them, if you just take them as pronouns, us is we, them is they, he, right? But it's Third it's, person, it's, it's first which person. Side you're on. Right. Right. But the, si- the right side so is the tether. Per- it's always us. To me, we're all us. We're all them. We're all. Oh, you see, but I think the movie's about shifting that perspective. That power. Oh. No, not the power. To, just, yeah, just that the perspective goes back of the other. Oh, way. see, you guys are reading it like I, the I love this are reading. The yeah, the surface right. are the surface are people them. are the privileged. Right. Them. They're the them. them. Right. The us is the underprivileged. Us. We. But are we all the, the us? Yeah, but you, it's like, it's almost as if you went into the movie already assuming that, Marissa. I think <laughs> most people know. see it as the perspective going the opposite way. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, that's interesting. I, I get what you're saying, and it makes so much I'm sense. I'm not saying it's you're wrong. Yeah. I just, yeah. I feel like you're giving the reason why our read is the right read, but you're right, saying it opposite. Right, yep, I agree okay. with you. No, I think you're, it makes so much sense what you're saying. And sure. especially right. with, you know, it's like they're the minority yes. because they're underground, right. but they make the, they make the point of saying... There's a copy of everyone. Like there's, right. so it's like, it's, I don't even want to say minority in the sense, how do I want to say it? It's like, I, I like how Marissa said, like the underprivileged, the underground, you know, you got to eat the nice hot meal. I ate a cold rabbit. You got warm, squishy toys on Christmas. I got sharp, pointy things. Right. Um, there is a copy of every single person. I actually liked the shift into the sci-fi of like, the failed government experiment. They said, we can make the clone. We cannot copy the soul. Right. Which I love the idea that there is another one of me. And it's me, but it's not me. Right. And that other me has come up with a very, very different upbringing. They have had the harshest of the harsh. Like It's like when you have the idea, there's studies with feral children. Like you never know how a child is going to turn out until you experiment them on them in a horrific way. Right. And, you know, I know that feral children were purposefully made, but I also know that there were some that were found and they're far and few between, but like the idea of you never know the answer to the question until the horrific experiment is conducted first. <laughs> right. And then so and what you're saying is an end justify the means kind of situation yeah. overall. But you see, to me, that's when I lost the movie. Okay. I, I mean, I got it. I just didn't find the Utilidor, which re- reminded me a lot of the, uh, the the back end, the back of the house of Magic Kingdom. But I just didn't get, and there's there's the symbolism there too, I guess, right? But I never, I, I just didn't find that part of it interesting. I found... Yeah. The idea of your clone coming to get you. I, I found that Lupita's speech scariest. That that in the use of that phrase, she's I feel like she's coming to get me. Yeah. And we know that she is her. Yeah. And maybe that's just a mental health issue on my <laughs> But that feeling felt really real and cool to me, and I wanted the movie to explore that, and it just didn't. Yeah, no, I can see that. That's fair. Um, What's with the animals? 
What's with the animals in general? Like the rabbits in this, the deer in, like I got the deer in Get Out as like the hunted, you know, and I right. get the, the, the bunnies were like vulnerable and weak here, but right. there's well, a lot Well, I also of... took that as like the symbolism of like, you know, bunnies multiply. Like, you know, when you, when you, you know, mate like rabbits. Right, right. And kind of that being the same where like they made all these multiple copies of the people and... You know, rabbits are easy to breed. Rabbits right. are And they will overcome us, yeah. right. You Which, know? by the way, Ocean City is being overrun by rabbits as uh -uh, we speak. Really? Yeah, they're, they're everywhere. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So here's here's my question that I'm going to pose to, to Marissa. So knowing, Can I kick my own ass? No. She yeah. would definitely me. <laughs> Knowing that, you know, that Red and, uh, oh, what's her name? I forget what her name is now. Uh, uh, Adelaide. Mm -hmm. yep. Knowing that they're, like... Opposite of what we thought they were. So it brings up like a final girl issue. Mm. You know, like, like is one is or it? the other the, the final girl? Red is the protagonist to me. Really? Here's the thing, like, you're right. The only thing that, the only difference between Red and Adelaide is the, the fact that one of them got to grow up with, with privilege, yeah. right? Like she got the good education. She got the Howard the degree. She got whatever. And like, that's to me, that's why Red is the hero. And listen, I actually read a really interesting theory that Jason and Pluto were also switched. Yeah. Which blew my mind because I was like, oh, snap. Well, no, I think they, I think, wasn't that established in the movie at the end? That, that, that Jason, because, because when. I, I you, didn't see it, but I loved the theory. The, what I saw was, I, cause I looked into that too, is. This is the fire thing. The fire, mm -hmm. how she, when she's in the car, when that rap song comes on and she turns back to him and, and she's, she's trying, trying to get it. Well, did you know she's that she was rhythm. off the beat? Yeah. And then he mimicked her both being off the beat. Because they're both the others. Because they're yeah. both the others. At the end, he gives Whoa. her that look in the front seat where like, you know, he realizes like, you're not the right one. When did well, he get not, not only not the right one, but like you were, you're not the one I thought you were. Yeah, and, and right, and that speaks to why he's deformed in a way that we can see, right? Because like suppose right. like th there was something that happened that made them switch, right? It speaks to whatever that inciting incident was, with like why he I can't know, like right? why he can't remember how to do it. They were just there last year. I didn't get that though. Full yeah. disclosure, like I, I definitely didn't see that in the film. It was only a theory. I it's read. a. I, I think I, I don't know that it's even those truths. I don't know if they're strong enough. Maybe yeah, though. I don't yeah. know. I, it's, it, it's something that it looked like they tried to do. I don't know if they achieved what they wanted to do right. with it, but I see where they were trying to be yeah. like, oh, and because there was the very obvious difference between uh, physical difference because Pluto had the burns right, on him right. and Jason did not. So it was very obvious to see between the yeah. two who was who. Well, also Jason walks Pluto back into mm -hmm. the fire. They mimic each other. They right. mimic each other. Like, so it would make you think they that, mean, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say that to get back to your point about the final girl, I love... Uh, don't get me wrong. I love Lupita Nyong'o no matter what she does, but she, like I loved her kickassery in this film, oh, for yeah. lack of a better term. Like, what a great final! Girl. Even the daughter Zora, yeah, like yes. even her, and like, even the, the bad of versions of them were so good. Yeah, too. they're like, both yeah. so good. Oh, and yeah. the actors did a good job of being evil and oh, and also themselves being themselves yeah. or, or yeah. not or being right. whatever. Yeah. But yeah, no, it. I thought I, I, and I agree with you about it being you get taken out of it. Also, I, I was curious about the spider thing. I mean. Not the spider sting, the rabbit sting. Apparently Japan did a study and there's a whole island of feral, really dangerous rabbits somewhere near Japan because they did a government, a Japan did a government study on rabbits and then they bailed on it 
and then they just left the rabbits there, and now there's like rabbits living all over this little island. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. yeah. And the, like Jordan Peele heard that story, and that's why he decided to use the rabbits as an image for like the metaphor of like how the government just thinks they could use anything to test on, and you know, and then she, just walk away. Yeah. I'm gonna. I feel like I'm gonna provoke you with this, but she can't be a final girl, though, right? Adelaide not allowed to be a final girl by by the rules, right? Why not? Because she isn't she the bad guy technically? Well, if you look at it as an evolution of the trope of the final girl, you'd want more villainous final girls to live. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. She's because she's not. But then the she's fighting herself. She's fighting a version of herself. Though. But is she the villain though? Isn't the no? I, that's the whole the movie. Yeah. You can't yeah. Identify who, who, right. Yeah. Yeah. To assign villain to one yeah. group so or the other. Over the other is yeah. so problematic. So but then yeah, can she awesome. be a final girl? Then I would put her in that category. Because the one thing that I was wondering what you would think is is that you spend three quarters of the movie before you figure it out, thinking like, wow, she's so she's badass. 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 But then you realize that that aggression yeah, that though, change is because though. she's yeah. not who you think she's she is. She's not as bad. Right, she's not yeah. the good guy. Right, because Red's really the good right, guy at that right, point. Right. I don't know. I, I love that idea. I think that in my head it's still a final, a final girl win. I mean, anytime you get a strong protagonist like that and it is even remotely... I, I don't know. I'd, I yes, I would argue she is, but th- I can see why there's holes in that theory. I have, um, I, I have I have a friend who's a very who's a really good person, <laughs> but is a Trump supporter like that's nationalist kind of politically exist right? right now. And and I tried once over a couple of drinks to say, I know for a fact you would open your door if there was someone living on your street who needed a bed, and this is someone who's done that has has exhibited that. Charity, right? Like, has let people in their house. Wait, let me finish. A person of their, their race. Let me finish. No, not, not always. Has let people in their house, has put people up, has given people money. Like, I've seen them give seen somebody, do, do acts of individual kindness beyond even what I would normally do. Okay? Where I say, wow, that's a it's really fine. good thing. But I also saw this person see a picture of, like, a Guatemalan family on Fox News, like, dead in a puddle. And I said to them, now, how can you vote and act politically from a place where that's okay? I know you would never allow that to happen on your own street. And their feeling is that, they said this to me explicitly, the government of the United States of America is different than me and my door. They can't act in the same way. So I said, do you mean to tell me that you don't believe that, that you say you have an individual responsibility, your fellow man, that the government of the United States of America doesn't have to its fellow man? Said absolutely. It's the role of the government of the United States of America to keep us safe, to keep out. And that person. No, but, okay, but yeah. I'm just telling you that's there. That's where I landed, and it was it was informative to me because I was like, okay, that's the flaw in their thinking, and that's where where we that's where we part ways. Because my thought is is that humans are humans, and the, I want a government that works to that end. And to me, I couldn't stop thinking about this during that movie. Because this movie is really about how we keep at bay a certain part of ourselves. And, and we don't. And we, and we allow another to flourish. But too much of that was like on the nose for me. Too, mu- too much of that was like right, boop, just hit me right there. Like the, the, the Tchaikovsky dancing. Well, what is that from? Yeah. It's from Nutcracker, is that right? I think, maybe. I don't know. I didn't recognize it. So that's a dance that's done right, like mirrored. Famous, right, yeah. It's famously mirrored by two dancers, mm-hmm. but she was doing it alone. 
And then her other was, was doing like it at doing the same, it time. At the same mm-hmm. time. And to me, it's just like oh, I don't think it's that's too much like on the bulldog. Oh, see, I don't, I don't, I disagree. Like I, I, I think that he likes to play with that kind of stuff in his films, and he does a really good job with it. Like I think the Jeremiah eleven eleven thing. I think the use of the red. I think the all of the like the names of everyone. I think it is a little bit on the nose, maybe for us, but I think it's just good, like good fodder for other people. Like I think it's good story. Like it's good cinematography and good directing to be able to be that I don't know like that layered with everything because I think for us it's on the nose but I think other people would have to work to get to that beach shots were particularly good which ones? the beach shots yeah those were really good were really good I think every I think all so many of his shots are so well done like I'm always impressed with his with his choices as a director and just how good his actors are for him um, just period, how good they are, period. So, yeah, Joe, thank you so thank much you. for joining us again. Oh and Charlie and, yeah, and Rose. Rose Maddie. Rose Maddie. Rose Maddie. We had the oh. whole, we had we had the the whole, whole squad. squad. Oh my God, and I, if, if I'm going to be overtaken by a family, I could not be more happy Aww. with my co-stars. Well, I, got my I love, we love you, Jackie, and I got no time for the corner boys. I just want to be with my Jersey ghouls. That's right. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So yeah, we can uh, JoePostal.com. Thank you. Uh, Murphy Writing. Oh yeah, uh, will be uh, Murphy Writing will be hosting beginning your novel in the winter. You can sign up in October. MurphyWriting.com. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. good. And for us, you can just search Jersey Ghouls. Find us on social media. Find us on your favorite podcast app. Please head over to like iTunes and give us a rating. Yeah. You know what? If it's five star, cool. If it's not, tell us why. Just let us know. Just blame Joey. It's fine. That's what yeah. I Yeah. No, it can be fine. Cool you know? out the door is coming. Oh, right. Uh, actually, <laughs> I do want to say that. I do want to say two things are down the pipe for us. Um, be on the lookout. Jersey Ghouls is branching out. We are sponsoring some new podcasts. The first one's going to be Dark Hills Radio, which should be launching very soon. Very soon. Yeah. And we are both co-hosts on that. Although you won't recognize me because I'm my alter ego, the Jersey Daredevil. Yes. <laughs> wow. And, um... And Jackie's uh, Penny Dreadful is her, oh. is her oh. radio. Kind of like, kind of like a vampire style yeah. like nice. host. Yeah, I love and that. actually what I said is I'm not necessarily vampire. I'm more Lisa Marie from Ed Wood trying to be a vampire. That's more my persona. I like that. And I don't, I don't have a persona yet. I just talk, for some reason, I just talk like, should I get back? Nice. Wait, um, so Dark Hills Radio. Dark Hills, yeah, so definitely make sure you check out Dark Hills Radio. Thank you guys so much for joining. We will see you guys next time. Uh, bye bye. Bye bye. Slipping now, look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.